With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Shay Dixon. Shay, it's Monday. It's mailbag. You know what we do every week. We ask our subscribers for uh, any questions, really. Um, we prefer they stay on team subject, but, you know, sometimes we get some off topics. Sometimes we get some recruiting stuff. You know, we never know where it goes. Regardless, we're here. Brian Kelly talked at 12 o'clock today. It is about 2.30 right now. So we have an update on if we want to start, you know, real quick with the injuries. Um, Emory Jones, doubtful. Chris Hilton, probable. And uh, Makai Wingo, doubtful. So not a big, you know, surprise there. I think Makai Wingo is probably more of a load management type mm-hmm. stuff at this point, uh, which he deserves. And then, you know, Emory Jones, ankle, Chris Hilton, ankle. Um, but, yeah, anything on that before we get started? Yeah, he just said that Makai Wingo has been battling kind of a lower body injury all year. So that's a give him the week off against Army. He gets a bye week, then Bama. And Emory Jones, the same. He got hurt in that game, but it's an ankle sprain. Give him likely. He didn't rule him out, but give him a few weeks off, and then he comes back for Bama. So no surprise here. It sets up well if you've got guys who need to get healthy, that you get Army this week, then a bye before you have to go on the road for the final time. Yeah, and that's what we talked about in the postgame podcast was you have three SEC games over the span of six weeks, right? So it's Army, by Bama, um, was it Florida, Georgia State, and m somewhere in that order? So, yeah, um, it is nice to set up the back half of the schedule with a couple non-conference games, even though it is a little weird to be, you know, to mix them in in the SEC schedule. But that's where we're at. And, yeah, I think we're good to dive into the mailbag. All right, let's get it rocking. Uh, Burr, no, Capital City Tiger. He said, how did I beat Bourbon Cheerios in? Uh, where was Deshaun Womack? Uh, did not see much run this game. What he... I don't know the snap. I don't have the snap counts in front of me, but I know he had 14 or 15 the week prior against Missouri. Didn't log any pressures. I still, Matty B, I'm in the Womack as a freshman. And when you've got Paris Shan playing well, when you've got Savion Jones as a starter, you're only going to have so many reps out there. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm trying to pull, see if I can pull up the stats in hyperspeed here. Um, but I, I'm not too concerned. I Parachan played a great game out there defensive end. Game. We saw that. Um, and then at the jack position, I thought they were fine with OV and Braden Swenson. So I uh, really wasn't a desperate need to get him on the field, um, especially against an Auburn team that obviously was uncomfortable passing the ball. So with that being the case, um, I didn't think that they needed to to throw him out there. And maybe um, you know, maybe we'll see him in against Army and see if he's improved his run defense a little bit. And then he asked, what do you think the ceiling for this team is? If is And he says, New York playoffs, New Year's six. Um, playoffs seems out of reach unless you were to, things go awry and you went out and win the SEC. I think that what I said in the offseason, Matt, would be New Year's six is, would be my goal. That would be improvement on a year ago. I think that's reachable. Yes. Uh, if they obviously run the table, get to Atlanta and play Georgia, win or lose, I think this is a successful season to where if you go 10-2, and two, 
um, or 10 and three, I guess, at that point with, I think that would be a New Year's Six Bowl as the SEC runner-up, Georgia in the title game. Um, yeah, that would be an awesome, awesome season. I mean, the playoff is definitely, in my opinion, too far to reach because you have all these teams that have no losses right now, and most of them aren't going to lose multiple games. So, I mean, Georgia, Florida State, Washington, you know, go down the list of Michigan, Ohio State, like there, it would take a major, 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 major shakeup for LSU to climb into the top four. Uh, seafood gumbo or chicken and sausage gumbo? I'll do both. Chicken, I'll do but I'll, I was thinking I'll go chicken. And, I'll go chicken and sausage, but I okay. love seafood gumbo as well. Yeah, so, both. Uh, Denim Tiger ninety. What's the level of involvement expectation for D line coach Jimmy Lindsay, who's obviously been away from the team, battling some um, personal health stuff. Uh, seems he's not back with the team, but is working the phones and recruiting future plans for coming back uh, this year or next. He is getting back involved as he can, which being on the phone lines, helping out recruiting is what he's doing. I don't know about you, Maddie B. I'd say for me, it's too, we don't even know anything about his medical condition, what's going on, any timetable. So way too early for me to call what's going to happen in terms of an offseason and what a new hire keeping him would look like. Yeah, I have. I do not have any idea. I don't think anybody has an idea. I think we're waiting to see how the season plays out, and then we'll see what his, you know, health and allows him to do uh, in the months of December. Obviously, where that's a a big recruiting period, and then January you get into the off season from there. January they won't really need him, and then you know, well, recruiting wise, we'll see how much the class is done in December, and they'll kind of go from there uh, because spring ball will start up in March. I think that's probably well where we'll know definitively what his status is is in spring ball um, and moving forward from there. Yeah. The off season uh, tiger bait, 72, 72. This is for you, Maddie B. What do you think of Sage Ryan the last couple of weeks? Obviously he's seen more playing time at LSU right now as a defensive back playing some corner um, natural safety, I think, but very versatile. Uh, but tiger bait said to me, he seems to be playing good, much improved. Maddie B. Is it true? Or he says, is this my bias toward, towards cheering for him to live up to the hype? I, I do think he's been improved. I wonder, I had this question earlier. I don't think I've said it, but I wonder why Auburn was attacking Zion Alexander and not Sage Ryan. I thought that was an interesting wrinkle there uh, where they kept throwing at Zai, Zai, Zai uh, with Sage on the other side. I, th I said this before, I hesitate to take too much from the Auburn game as far as the secondary goes. Um, there's really, I, I do think the second half against Missouri was tangible progress. And you saw that in their zones and their, um, ability to get their head around, like their ability to find the ball better. It was just a lot improved, much improved. And that's probably where I take some, you know, positive takeaways, um, moving forward, but you know, Auburn army aren't going to show me much here as in terms of stage Ryan in the secondary we'll we'll see but I do think he has made some progress and he flashed a couple times as the tackler that you know uh, Brian Kelly hoist him up to be so I thought that was good we uh move on here um LSU lawyer 24 says what's the probability of LSU Bama being the CBS night game over Georgia Missouri uh one being in the 230 slot each could very well decide who's in the SEC championship game. He's correct. What I'll throw in here, Matty B, as my instant reaction is they would pick the LSU-Bama game in the winner of the West any day over Georgia-Missouri if it meant which slot got higher views. LSU-Bama is going to pull yes. a larger audience in Georgia-Missouri. 
what I will add here is yes, LSU plays Army, Bama plays Tennessee, Georgia plays Florida, Missouri plays South Carolina at home. So all those games are going to happen before you get to that Bama game. I just I note that there still could be shakeup even before we get there. Yeah. Um you maybe you know better than me, but I would assume the 230 CBS slot is the slot that they would put like if they got the pick they would put the bigger game in but then again it's cbs at 230 and it's espn at six so i don't i'm pretty but, sure they've or already... unless it's a, i think the cbs does the double header now where they're oh. they once a year do a double header and it's usually been that weekend okay well then yeah uh then they get to pick and they get to basically choose whichever one gets the higher ratings and that's where they'll put lsu bama i assume i would think so too i think lsu bama is going to be a night game uh, um, Grape Swisher, good morning, Vietnam. Finally great here in Georgia. Uh, feeling great here in Georgia. Beanie, uh, finally beanie season. So everyone's getting a little bit of cool weather out there. Uh, so he goes, question one, favorite piece of cold weather apparel. I like a puffer jacket. I just, I got a hoodie. Is. I got a, I got a Nike hoodie that I like. The gold one. Okay. I'm a little ahead. I go puffer jacket and it's easy to pack and it's, can fold down very small. So that's what I rock with. Uh, but I like a beanie. Um, question two: How many first rounders does this offense have? And he said, including sophomores, juniors, seniors. Did wow. he say Richard sophomores? No. So I guess on the team, he always says including. So, so maybe Is he including everybody. I guess he. Let's just say draft eligible. Well, I think that think that's what he means. Because there's some redshirt sophomores. You know, Mason. Mason I think he's one. saying. I think he's saying everybody but the freshman class. Okay. Um, I mean, <laughs> that's still tough. Long neighbors. way to go. I'd say let's stick with, like, I can't sit here and say if Quincy Wiggins will be a first rounder one day. Or, well, you it's know, on like, the offense, right? He said offense. Didn't yeah, he? yeah. I'm just saying there's guys who haven't played that I just oh, don't yeah. know. So let's just stick with guys that are playing or have played. Okay. Um, Malik Neighbors. Okay. Who? Then it gets interesting. Um, Will Campbell is probably going to be a first rounder i would assume if he okay. plays it if he takes another step forward next year then he's an all-american like he's fringe he, he, i mean he's really good this year all sec but like if he takes another step forward he's all American. that's probably first round so will campbell's two that's probably where i end the list i think you emory jones is probably viewed as an interior offensive lineman in the nfl that's a rare first round uh you know maybe yeah, one or two to go so that'd be tough. Um, I mean, Jaden's the only other one. Jaden Daniels. I mean, if you if they're gonna have a run on four or five quarterbacks in the first round, I'm not yeah. gonna rule it out. Yeah, no, no, no. That that's a good point. If there are five quarterbacks taken in the first round, which is not abnormal, then yeah, I mean, I could definitely see a late uh, pick, a late pick for him. Uh, I mean, no running backs are getting drafted in the first round these days. They can barely get contracts. Um, yeah, those are the herd. Three. I guess herd. Yeah, I, I mean, heard, yes, in theory. Um, I, I don't know. Again, he put, like, some weird parameters on it. Um, but, yes, heard, in theory. Yeah, would be. And we, have, I mean, we haven't seen Shelton Sampson or, yeah. you know, Jalen Brown or any of these guys. Or Garrett Nussmeyer. You know, Garrett Nussmeyer. You know, there's there's guys on this back end who have not, are not playing right now who could certainly get into that mix. So, we will uh, we'll see. I don't know. So, what did we come up with? Like, two or three, maybe? I like the question. Uh, three in theory, if we did neighbors, Campbell, and Daniels as three, and then may potentially heard as a 
stretch reach for right and and you said you said it before you think brian thomas would be a top 50 pick so that's probably second round yeah probably, i mean with the way he's playing right now i would i would say second second third second third somewhere in day two um bonus he said tennessee or bama this weekend uh he likes tennessee that defense is top three in the sec nastiest d-line i've seen in a while a and m's d-line has been very good as well I'm going Bama in this one. This isn't the Tennessee of a year ago. I think Bama wins this. Yeah, I don't. I actually don't love the matchup for Tennessee. I mean, watching them play AM and AM having chances to, you know, if Max Johnson can, could lead a drive there to take a lead or win the game. Um, I think Jalen Milrow, albeit didn't have a good second half against Arkansas, I think he's more comfortable now. I think this, this Alabama's defense is better than AM's was, which basically shut down Milton. I think Milton threw for a hundred yards. Yeah. I, I don't love this matchup for Tennessee here and it's at Alabama. Bourbon and Cheerios. Here he is guys, a longtime listener, first time caller, and he's not the first one to post. Um, he said on September 11th, uh, Adobe poster hijacked the uh, mailbox pad and a relevant drivel asked about Logan Diggs getting 20 touches a game. And he didn't put this, but we laughed at him. And we said, you get about 60 something, 70 snaps a game. Nobody at running backs getting 20 of those. And Diggs is getting 18 to 20 right now. So he said he didn't rub it in our face. He just asked, is getting 18 to 20 now the key to beating Bama? Is balance the key to beating Bama? Balance is the key to beating Bama. The run game, I think, is the key to beating Alabama. Oh, man, I haven't even – I've tried not to think too far ahead of Alabama uh, at Alabama LSU yet, which I probably should, but – they, Alabama's defense is so intimidating that they're you're gonna have to be balanced. You're gonna have to keep it off um, off kilter like that. I do think Logan Diggs is gonna have to be effective as a running back. Eighteen to twenty carries is a lot. It wouldn't shock me though, at this point. So he was right. We were wrong. We did not think anybody was getting eighteen to twenty carries in this backfield. And Logan Diggs is I like very 12. much earned that, getting about a hundred yeah. yards a game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, he wants to know the story of hiring uh, Matty B, uh, how to get on the radar. What was the interview process like? Well, Matty B, we worked together before at our prior stop, and I didn't hire you, so you just oh, got yeah. hired. You graduated yeah. from college, and what happened from there? Graduated from college. Uh, COVID hit. Nobody was hiring. Got interviewed for Iowa State head publisher job uh, 24-7 and Arkansas uh, to join the Arkansas staff at 24-7. Didn't get either one. Went back to North Texas grinded that year out um and then yeah they called and asked if i want to cover lsu with shay billy and uh the gang so yeah then uh headed over here there it is long story short uh and then of course he's got a toy story when um after tit i didn't even okay go ahead <clears throat> after the toys came to life to teach Sid a lesson do you think he turned his life around became a productive member of society or is he basically out the deep end Occupying a cell next to the Joker at Arkham Asylum. There was is Sid, it is Sid bad or good now? Well, there was a wasn't there a theory out there? Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. That what, there was a clip in Toy Story two or three or something where he where there was a trash man 
you know, doing the trash and he was wearing the same shirt as Sid. Someone look that up and tell me if that'd I'm be right. a productive member of society. Yeah, productive member of society. But that's that's what I assume that he was doing afterwards. That was the whole fan theory, I'm pretty sure. There you go. Maddie B's Toy Story answers in. LWT, what are your thoughts on how LSU is using Harold Perkins? Maddie B, you, you take this, but I think it is working. So what changed? I do think it's working. Now, the question becomes, are they potentially saving him to maybe raise, like, be more of a pass rusher in this Alabama game? Because now we start to theorize how much are they saving for Alabama? What are they doing to prepare for Alabama? Um, I think it was, who was it? I thought it was Cody Warsham who tweeted out, yeah, uh, who tweeted out uh, Harold Perkins snaps at different positions. And a majority of them were at nickel. Um, but regardless, like that's, I'm going to find it. Here it is. Yeah, it was, I think it was at nickel. Yeah, it was alignments, nine on the D-line, 10 in the box, and 38 in the slot. So the question becomes, will that number change as they go against A&M and Alabama? Like the the, the three SEC games they have left on the schedule that they need to win, obviously, to get to Atlanta. Will we see Harold Perkins be more of an attacking player? Because he's obviously made plays partly because he's been so unpredictable, which is great, but – could you be even more aggressive with him? You know, where he only had one sack, two TFLs. Like, it felt like every time he was blitzing, he made a play. Will we see more of that moving forward? I would assume so. I don't think we'll see a complete overhaul in that regard. But I do think uh, they can start using him more and more as attackers, starting with the Alabama game, which is in three weeks. That's the that's really all that matters right now. Uh, Go Tigers 5280 said a couple questions. First, Bama, is it the toughest game remaining on the schedule, strictly from a defensive viewpoint? given issues in the secondary and what makes me pause. And then he actually wrote it. Graham Mertz in Florida's passing attack versus our secondary. He said, gives him a worse feeling than Miller and Bama. I don't know if it's worse. I will just agree that Graham silently Graham Mertz is playing very well and putting up numbers at Florida. Yeah. And they got some receivers and they have some receivers. So I would now rank those two games ahead of a Max Johnson A&M team. I agree. Um, if this was Connor Wegman with those receivers, I would still have AM up there. I do think Max Johnson's a step down. He, he's a fine backup, but um, he is a bit of a step down. You look at those three, though, if they can't get off the field, I mean, we're not talking about top 20, top 25 passing offenses here. Like at the end of the day, the defense at some point is going to have to get a stop. You're going to have to make a play or two. And secondary is going to have to show up in games against Alabama, Florida, and AM in order to win, win out. Like, well, we're hoping, you know, and expecting maybe potentially LSU to do in the back half of the schedule is to win out and be perfect. In order to do that, the secondary is going to have to make plays like flat out. You're not yes. going to win games if, if they if they can't guard, you know, defend Florida's receivers or AM and Max Johnson. Like, and they're going to have to be better. Yeah, so that that's and that's tackle, my tackle tackle. That's yes. then a, when they're not don't even get past them. Once you get past, can they cover them? It's also ta- this team tackling. When they're not tackling, they're yeah, bad, bad, bad on defense. Exactly, but it is an interesting point because while well, you're not playing Luther Burden and you're not playing uh, Layton Kiffin or KJ Jefferson, you're still playing three teams that are I think are capable 
Oh yeah. As far as passing offenses go, A&M has receivers. Florida has a mixture of both. And I think Alabama actually, you know, Milrose, I think gotten better as the years gone. Yeah. Those are going to be three tough outs regardless sure. of how you slice it. But good question. Uh, Coach K7 said, thanks for the appreciation post the other day. You guys do a great job. Yes, we do. Love everyone over at the Bengal Tiger uh, who's a subscriber. Anyone can be for a dollar for your first month. Um, but we had a fun weekend. Team's hot. Recruiting's hot. So uh, we did give a thank you to everyone who's there. And thank you to everyone who's listening. Um, we It doesn't go unnoticed. We appreciate it. We see the numbers going up. Uh, we know our hard work is uh, is paying off. But he asked, uh, and thank you for that, Coach K. Uh, which freshmen have surprised you since the start of the season with none or very little participation on offense or defense this year? not just guys who played special teams. Uh, and he said, bonus is Trey Bradford with the team. He is. He said that John or Emory wheel play Saturday got me wondering what happened to Trey. You said that right away when they called that wheel play. You said that's the exact same play they ran with Trey Bradford on the first play of the season against Florida State. Bradford isn't not with the team. I'm, they've got eight running backs, and they just play one of them now. So I mean, yeah, this is – Noah Kane is not playing either for what it's worth. Yeah, like, we got it at the end. He got it at the end against yeah, – yeah, but like, for first down, as Brian Kelly said, but yeah. they're just deep and they're playing Caleb Jackson. Yeah, playing Caleb Jackson now. And obviously with Logan Diggs getting those 18, 20s carries a game, then you sprinkle in Josh Williams for a couple, you sprinkle in Emory for a couple, and then Caleb Jackson for a couple. That's four backs. Like you, I mean, obviously with one bell cow, you sprinkle in three other ones. That's very, very normal at any level of football when you have a Logan Diggs on your team. So, yeah, I, I actually feel a lot better about this running back room now than I did obviously before the season. And I think that's a huge reason why they've had a lot of success. Okay. We'll pick one on offense and one on defense. I'd want to toss out Kylan Jackson from being an answer here. Cause I think he's been hurt. So I know he got some PT this weekend for the first time, but I don't, I don't want to say he can be picked because he's, so, I think injury played a role in why he hasn't been out. There. Yeah. Is, is he saying, He's saying Which freshman have played? not played that you thought okay. would play? Uh, I'm going to go Jalen okay. Brown and Deshaun Womack. I thought Deshaun would have a bigger role, and I thought we'd see more of Jalen Brown. Well, you say Jalen Brown. I'm, what about Kyle Parker? Shelton Sampson. Paul. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but Sam, Sampson's emerged as like that top or that top freshman. The reality is that they have two guys they rely on. And when Kyron Lacey has a big game, they have three. And now we're seeing them sprinkle Aaron Anderson in. So, like, these freshmen just aren't – they just don't rotate that much. They're just going to play the veterans. Yeah. So. Um, I'll go Kyle Parker and I'll go – you already took Deshaun Womack. Yeah, I mean, you can say Womack. I mean, I think that's the right – I mean, I think that's the – you can toss I mean, Tropiano in there. But it's, not, the other it's not like Ryan Yates is playing a ton over him. They yeah. stick with the same two safeties. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll go I'll go Tropiano and Parker. Okay. I like those answers. Thanks, Coach K. Um, let's do a quick uh, ad read here. Bird Dogs, you guys know uh, that we rock with Bird Dogs. I'm rocking the hat right now. I've got my Bird Dogs cup right here that I'm drinking I, out of. And I should have grabbed my free. merch. We'll say what? You I should have grabbed my stuff. I should have. No, well, you, you show up, man. You know, it was Bird Dogs Day. Uh, Bird Dogs uh, is your uh, clothing company you need to check out if you're not already on them. And as I said, uh, right now, free. Uh, hydro flask style water ball, uh, water bottle, excuse me, uh, with the promo code Tigers, T-I-G-E-R-S, Tigers. So birddogs.com slash Tigers, or just get on there, check out, put in Tigers into the promo code. You're going to get a free 
hydro flask style water bottle, which is a good deal because that's a good bit of money right there. We've had their shorts um, right now. Their pants are big. Uh, it's getting a little bit cooler out there. They've got you covered with jackets, pullovers, pants, everything you could imagine uh, Bird Dogs has for you. It looks great. Uh, and look, we've been rocking the shorts and, and shirts all summer. Maddie B even playing tennis in them, basketball, uh, that cloud knit fabric. It's true that when you've got that khaki, it looks good, uh, but it stretches. It's got the a good slim fit to it. They've got the regular cut. Uh, that anti-stink sweat fabric is the real deal. Um, as I've told you many times, you can go outside in the middle of what was the hottest summer and be wearing that and still not be sweating or at least through your, through your shorts. Um, so check out Bird Dogs, birddogs.com slash tigers. Enter the promo code tigers at checkout uh, if you want to do it that way. And you will get that hydro flask style water bottle for free with your order, no matter what you order. So go show them some, some support, bird dogs uh, at birddogs.com. Uh, back uh, at it, Matty B. Real What's quick, up? I was uh, playing tennis. I had the shorts and I had the and I had the, the the Yeti. And the guy I was playing with was like, oh, man, is that bird dogs? I love bird dogs. He was going on and on and on. He was like, man, that's that's awesome how y'all y'all are sponsored by them. So. Yeah. You did you tell him Tigers promo code? Tigers. I did. I did. Okay. I did. So shout out to I'll show up next time you see him with the water bottle. Yeah. Shout out to my guy, Corey. Um, DC, Texas, to LA says, who's the better pass blocker, Diggs or Williams? I think both look pretty good with it. Uh, Emory left the game, injury update. He was not listed on the injury report. So I presume he's fine. Uh, do we see touches go to Diggs or more for Jackson? With Emory being fine, I think it's still a rotation. Do you have a preference on a pass blocker? Because it seems like Diggs and Williams, Williams, I know they trust the pass block. It looks like Diggs could do it pretty well. Yeah, they definitely trust Diggs as well. I mean, picking between them is splitting hairs, in my opinion. Diggs is a little bit, I think Diggs is a little bit bigger, uh, maybe able to pick up um, some linebackers better, defensive end better, maybe chip better. Uh, but Williams technically is obviously very, very, very good. So, yeah, I think they're very – um, both along the same lines of high-level pass blockers, and that's huge in this offense, obviously. And uh, I've been impressed with Diggs as a receiver as well. So shout-out to, to him. All-purpose player. Um, whenever a 1,000 all-purpose at Notre Dame last year is going to go over that easily this year. Uh, Tiger King 53 asked, um, in your best estimation, percentage chance uh, you would place on the 24 class finishing top five? Oh, that's a recruiting question. Um, I can dive more into that. I could dive more into that on the podcast. I don't know, maybe around 50%, but I feel very confident around top 10, which some people doubted at one point. Yes. Uh, Zud the HUD. I don't know this Army team. I've heard they're running a different offense. Can you tell me anything about them? Matty B, you probably haven't done film study yet, but you know anything? I've watched – I mean, I watched uh, I watched Army beat UTSA, and okay. that was a very impressive performance there. Uh, it's <laughs> – they're still running the ball. They're not triple option. They are more of a shotgun team – uh, they still run triple option principles. They'll do some of that, like where they'll have an RPO and then they'll um, throw, have the receiver out in the flat and the quarterback can run or throw it like that type of triple option. It's a different type of offense, but it's still very much based in running the ball, having some play action stuff, but running option stuff um, in different ways, which I think has been fairly effective for them. Uh, they hung with Boston College a bit, scored on Syracuse, I think, beat UTSA. So, yeah. Uh, they are attempting right now uh, 13 passes a game. In prior years, it was uh, four and a half. 
five, six. So they've doubled their passing total, but still sitting at about 14 passes a game. So not a team that's going to try to throw it all over you. Going to try to run it, uh, as Maddie B noted. Tiger Correct. Cycling, thoughts on the D-line. Paris Shand had some nice moments against Auburn. We gave him our uh, MVP ball. Uh, Paris yeah. Shand did have a very good game against Auburn. Uh, had a bat down, had some nice tackles. I will say from my end, something seems evident that they've changed, and whether that was the addition of Pete Jenkins kind of helping out, whether it's just getting some new guys in there, looking at some different formations, changing things up. Whatever it is, these past couple of weeks have been different. They're getting pressure with four. They're, they look like the team we thought they would when you have a Mason Smith coming along, a Wingo, you know, a guy like even if Savion Jones isn't lighting it on fire, Parishan can come in and make plays. This is more like the defensive line we thought we'd see. Yeah, and this is the defense line that they need, um, obviously, against Alabama and AM and Florida. This is the level they're going to have to be at in order to disrupt those offenses and obviously take pressure off the back end. I mean, Parrish Shand, well, I think we should Photoshop like our faces on Brian Kelly and with the game ball and put Parrish Shand there and just, he was, he was awesome. He was very, very good. And that's what um, we saw glimpses of, you know, in fall camp and stuff of him being someone that they were very high on and with maybe questions of, or maybe Savion Jones being good, not great. I think that opens the door for Parrish Shand to make some plays. So it, the, the depth, I think to your point, the depth is starting to realize itself and the defensive line as a whole is, is coming together. Um, Mason Cox said, what is our guess? Uh, do you think that it, LSU ends up in the top 10 uh, at the end of the season? What's our guess on a ranking? Um, I think even if they lose another game, they'd get to a bowl game that's very winnable and they would beat whoever they'd play. If they win out and get to a bowl game, we're playing someone good. Um, but even then, I think you'd finish top 10. So, I do think they are pacing towards a top 10 finish. If they lose two more regular season games, no. I'm just thinking. Yeah, I'm just thinking. Uh, well, so let's just say, in theory, one more loss, um, whether it's a bowl game or whether it's a, a regular season game or whatever. I don't know. Let's put them at three losses for the year. That probably puts them at like 10 to 12 range, I assume. I, I think they'll finish top 10. If they finish 10 and 3 – on the year, let's just say, which I know is maybe, you know, maybe they make a SEC championship game or whatever, but like 10 and three, that's like, yeah, that's like 10 to 12 range, I think. Uh, Snack Guy said, if you already watched the Auburn game a million times, Maddie B, if you haven't, regardless, <laughs> I think you could probably answer it. Um, I thought Hurd played well. What did you think? Lance Hurd comes in for an injured Emory Jones, cold off the bench. What did you think of how he looked? I thought he physically looked exactly how we hoped he would look. Now, technically, the holding penalty was fair, pretty bad, in my opinion. Uh, you just kept holding, grabbing him as the run was was coming off the edge. Uh, that's a simple one you got to let go. Uh, and then I think he had, what, two, one or two false start penalties. Um, so those are kind of maybe jittery. Maybe, you know, like Brian Kelly said, the it was hard for them to hear on offense, which is something you never hear for the home team. Um but overall, I thought physically he's there, and we'll see what he looks like with a full week of preparation, knowing he's a starter. I think that actually matters for a guy who, as a freshman, you know, you're like waiting, waiting, waiting. You don't get in, don't get in, don't get in, and then you're thrown in for a full game. This week against Army, you know you're the start, you know you're the starter, assuming you know Emory Jones is doubtful. I'm assuming he's not playing, but you get those reps and you come in, and I expect him to play play well. 
especially as a run blocker. I think he's going to be pretty good. Uh, let's see. After snack guy, D. Wall or D. L. Walker, twenty sixteen. Do you think Diggs' success is a, tr- a testament to how bad the running back room has been in recent years, or is it O line getting better? Now let's give our flowers to Diggs. He's been very good. I think that this is the best blocking we've seen from an O line in a few years. Yeah, is this? I, I think mean, that's the answer. You know the history. You know history more than I do. I mean, as far as like you've been here the last three the last three years. I mean, this oh, is yeah. the best run blocking we've oh, seen yeah. from them. Yeah, my yeah, since 2020. I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, but I do think Logan Diggs is, I mean, Ty Davis Price, him and Ty Davis Price, obviously, since Clyde, like you go Clyde to um, Ty Davis Price to now Logan Diggs, like that's the order of which it goes. And we've seen all those backs have success. So I do think it somewhat speaks to, like I said, I had major concerns about the running back room coming into the year, like they had guys but they didn't have dudes that could make plays Diggs is a dude that has consistently broken tackles made plays made been a versatile back and i i think it's a huge huge reason um it's a huge boost for this offense they would still be really good without him but he just takes it to another level uh, j87 carries it on is Diggs uh if he continues this run is he nfl bound after this year my concern here and what frank wilson will because Frank Wilson's had a lot of running backs in the NFL. I think Frank Wilson will tell him you're more valuable staying and continuing to hone your craft because the value of a running back in the NFL is just going down. So you'd want to have the most film and the best production out there. Your take. Yeah. I I don't know. NFL wise, like, I don't know what he runs in the 40, but he's really not that fast. Like that's one of my concerns is I don't know how well he'll test. And so that could potentially hinder him in some situations. Um, But I think he's a great college running back. Like for this offense, and we've seen what he does now, you keep him for another year. You can put two years of potentially being a thousand yard back in the SEC on tape. Like Ty Davis Price gets drafted, Clyde Edwards Hilaire gets drafted. Like you get drafted if you put up, you know, the back to back seasons at at that level. So I, I I would agree with you in that regard. Uh, he asked if Jaden's the second best quarterback that LSU's ever had. Uh, and he mentioned Flynn, Mock win titles. Jamarcus goes number one overall. Uh, the answer, and I won't go into, I'll go modern era. So we don't have to, I can cut that debate in half. Jaden Daniels is the second best quarterback LSU's had. The stats show it. The season shows it. His ability to run makes him a completely dynamic player at quarterback. So yes, behind Joe Burrow, Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback LSU's had. How much better is he than Jamarcus Russell? Jamarcus is a hell of an athlete with a cannon, so that's tough to say. He went number one overall, had things not flamed out for him. Who knows? But I'm just curious. That's the only one. That's the only Jamarcus couldn't do what Jane does with his legs. And now that he has his arm down, like he's the best deep ball passer in the country right now, statistically, ratings wise. It's tough for me to argue. It's a, it's a, I could hear it. I could say Jamarcus is in there, but yes. The fact that we're even having this discussion shows how much Daniels has grown. Let's just say that. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, I was nine when Jamarcus got drafted. So I was going to leave it up to you. Uh, Yes. So I'm putting him up there, top three, and maybe above Jamarcus. Let's see how the season closes out. Um, OT, Star Wars or Star Trek? I go Star Wars. I have not seen either one. So go ahead. People are going to light you up for this. Light me up. Right past that. 
Maddie B hasn't watched Star Wars. Uh, okay, Delaware Tiger gents certainly can't complain about offensive production, but in the age of the portal, any early read on discontent among talented freshmen who haven't seen the field, maybe wider series or tight end. Thanks for the great content. Thank you, Delaware, for listening. I would say that with the success of the offense, knowing that Nussmeyer is up next, they've got a rapport with him. I don't think any of these receivers or tight ends are itching to leave. I think they're itching to take the spots of Brian Thomas and Malik and those guys when they leave. So, yeah, I, I can't. I I would imagine again, everybody who knows at this point, but I would assume if you are Sheldon Sampson, Kyle Parker, blah, 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 all these players, and you see Malik and these guys have the years that they're having, and you're like, they're all going to be gone. If you're Sheldon Sampson and company, you're like, oh, I'm competing for a starting job next year. I'm competing for major, major snaps next year. I'm competing to where if I get on the field enough, I could have a 600-plus yard season as a sophomore. And then you go up from there as a junior. Like the path, and I've said this before, like the path for sophomore breakout receivers at LSU is consistent with um, even with Kayshawn having a good back half of his freshman year, like, Sophomore year, boom, break. Like the the consistency of sophomore receivers at LSU is like there, and so I I would be looking at it from that angle. Um, tight end wise, I think they want to use more tight ends. They just aren't quite ready yet, and so I think next year Mason Taylor will be complemented by a Mac Markway, a Jackson McGowan, a Camorian Pimp. And the good thing is they all have different roles, so they will all be able to get on the field at different times. Where are we at here? Um, Clarence. 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 Defense had probably second best game of the year. Matty B, did you see anything different? Uh, I don't know if you dove into film review yet, but he said with your film review, anything different? Or are they just, as Brian Kelly said, starting to find the right pieces and everyone's kind of settled into their role? I guess it was the second best game of the year. Um, I'm trying to think <laughs> of all the games here. Uh I, I'm going to leave the other. Yeah, yeah, good point. I look at those two games as uh, limited offenses. I will say once again, the defensive front I thought played very well, stopping Auburn's run game. I didn't think Auburn's game plan was great. Um, I can't take a lot from the secondary's performance. I am trying to not get over my head uh, with this defense after one game of playing well against Auburn, who has no pulse in the past game. Uh, but you know, from a front perspective, I think like we talked about, they figured it out. They figured out what they wanted to do as a defensive line and a defensive front. And I think that's huge because now you can start preparing. There's no more indecision. There's no more question marks. They know what they have. They know what they're doing. The assignments are simplified. And now the question is, is it enough against Alabama, Florida, and AM? So I can't take any major like, wow, they've taken major steps forward in this regard, in this regard. You can say they tackled better, and I do think that's a positive. But, you know, when you're going against Alabama and those guys, it's a little different than going against the guys Auburn has. Uh, MB21, um, and he said post-postscript, Shea should have let me cook. I always do MB21. I should have. He should have let him cook. Um, I'll touch on your recruiting question. He asked about the A&M guys who are in when me and Billy do our podcast. But – uh, looking ahead to Bama, do you think Bama will slow our offense down? He asks, uh, how do you think our defense will hold up? That's obviously a faraway question, but I will say this offense right now, slowing down is all you're going to do. You're not going to stop them. So 
you it becomes for me much more about defense holding up about what you just noted is is it good enough or can it prove improve enough to beat a bama to beat a florida to beat an a&m because no matter like lsu if you want to get into chasing points right you know a high scoring game lsu will go for it all day long they'll just keep scoring so i think it becomes way more about what the defense can do yeah i was just thinking to myself if somebody told me that lsu scored 35 points against alabama would do i think lsu would would win and i don't think i would so it's again going to come down to the defense like you said it's going to come down to the defense getting just a couple stops forcing Milrow into an interception or a stretch of bad throws like the offense is in my opinion going to score 35 plus against everybody left on the schedule i think it's that simple can they uh, get stops he asked about womack we if we hadn't discussed it we have already just yeah where where that's at but uh, i said uh would you want to fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck i'll go with the one horse-sized duck 100 little bitty horses that are the size of ducks seem what like they oh, can be an annoyance to they me. they clarified it in another in another thread i'm not going to look for it but they clarified which duck um as far as size goes because that matters i mean which oh i didn't think of that ducks. now i'm getting beaten up by a species i wasn't ready for yeah so that's because of the, there are some big ducks out there as we know like i don't i don't want to face 100 ducks that are medium size like I, that that's pretty intimidating to me they'll just yeah you're just gonna get ganged up on and beat to death so yeah. i'll go with the one and i'll go with the one they posted another thread. I'd, there. I'd have to look for it let me see if there's a... um but yeah i'm going with the one uh al smith uh asked uh me a recruiting question about Devore Antoine. I'm going to touch on him on the podcast too because he's now stayed put as the number two player in Louisiana for next year with our rankings update. You found something? Yeah, I found the ducks that they are Muscovy ducks. Oh, these, see, are, I don't... these are pretty big. I mean, they're not huge, but they're well. Then you don't want to fight a hundred of them. So... I'm not fighting a hundred of these things. Here, I don't. I'll share my screen. We're they are one. here. Let me share my screen real quick for those who care. Here we go. Muscovy Ducks. There it is. No, I'll fight one. Yeah. Found in Brazil. And I'm going to have to go to Brazil to fight him. Damn. <laughs> okay. All right. We continue. I just keep it moving. Uh, but he asked Matty B, uh, JD5 and the offense attack in the middle of the field has shades of the 2019 team. Uh, how has that opened up downfield shots? Um, and he said also about the O-line. We've talked a little bit about the O-line today. They're just – they're doing so well giving Jaden time now. They're opening up runs. They're just, This offense is just in sync. But they are attacking the middle of the field now. What is – in your mind, how, how has that changed from a year ago when it comes to opening up downfield shots? Yeah, I, I think a huge um, development – Brian Kelly actually talked about today. I gave a really good answer on how teams were defending Malik and Brian Thomas and how with them playing more quarters coverage, like they're giving, they're, they might be giving up more of those inter, uh, intermediate middle of the field type throws that he's going to have to make. Like, and he did throw the interception over the middle of the field, right? And he said it was a miscommunication. The, the route, I think, I think the route should have been a little sharper and it looped a little bit. Um, regardless, like those are the throws he's going to have to make a little bit more, and he has made. I think a huge um, 
something that we have we've talked about but maybe could even talk about more is the offensive line giving him time to go through his progressions like we've seen throw after throw where it's one two three come back to two boom throw come back to three throw like the progressions and the offensive line giving him time to make those progressions and throws is basically unstoppable with this offense now with defenses playing more like quarters or different stuff to maybe try to slow down uh, neighbors and Thomas um, on the outside, like the middle of the field has been open. And that's where we saw Kyron Lacey kind of occupy a lot of that space. So um, yeah, I do think that's a really interesting development now and how teams are defending them. A Northern Tiger uh, 29 and Blay or BLAE both ask recruiting questions. What I'm going to do is I'm going to write all these down. I'm going to highlight them. I'm going to put them in my notes and Billy and I, when we record the recruiting podcast, We'll do a little mini mailbag and I'll throw all these in there and I'll give you guys a shout out and answer them so that uh, the other folks who don't feel like listening to recruiting have to listen to me go on and on about it. But that is coming, obviously, Tuesday. So everybody be ready for that one. Uh, P. Edmonds, 4L. Uh, While improvement on defense was nice to see, do you credit it more to Auburn being bad offensively, defense improving, or a little of both? P. Edmonds, I love you because this is the kind of question we can answer quickly because after the game Matty B when we did our podcast we both looked at each other and said what probably a little of both yeah yeah a little bit of both and that's um, okay no it's it's very reasonable like it's not a cop out Auburn is not a good offensive football team they have not they average what is it like a hundred something yards uh, passing yards per game Peyton yeah, Lawrence, I, going into this game I said no receiver had more than 200 yards receiving on the year and and I was wrong in the regards that I thought maybe Auburn would bust one or two passes, and they just didn't. Or runs, and they didn't with Jarvis or runs. Yeah, so again, credit to the defense, not giving up any of those. But, uh, yeah, Auburn uh, was really rough to watch. I just I hated watching their offense. Oh, well, Hugh Freeze probably does too, an offensive yeah. guru like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, kick them while they're down. So good job winning by 30 LSU. Um, Cairo Tiger said it's army, so move it on. What do you guys just want to see? Be what you got? It said it's army, man. So, what do you want? What does LSU have to do in order for you guys to come away impressed? Uh, feel free to do offense and defense. For me, it's as simple as this it's a non con game against a team that you're extreme, you're way, way, way better than. That means you click on offense, you get up big, you don't let them do really anything to your defense, you go into half comfortable in the second half, you play your backups, and you get out injury-free. Like, that's a very simple formula. Yeah, you nailed it. Um, cover the spread of 30. I haven't I haven't I bet know. on it, but I'm just saying. Oh, sure, 7-0 on overs. You can try to get to 8-0 if you really want to get rowdy yeah. on Army this weekend. Yeah, so cover cover the spread. Uh, it's at thirty. If they win forty five fourteen, I'm happy. I mean, anything in that regard is is happy. And because they they will have done everything that you said is get off the fields, you know, run defense wise, stay disciplined, um, you know, just take care of business. Last couple questions here. Uh, well, he Cairo did ask about Caleb Jackson on punt returns since he has been explosive on kicks. Um, he says, "Look, I know he didn't do it in high school. Is that much much harder to catch a punt, and that be the reason?" If you're a return man, I think it clearly it's hard to catch punts because they have issues with it. And I think this year they're, again, more than happy with Craig Clayton just catching it or not doing anything and letting the offense have the football. Yep. Nope. It is incredible. It's much, much, much harder to catch a field of punt than it is to field a kickoff. Um, and I don't really want Caleb Jackson back there returning punts, at least at this moment, maybe next year, if you give him a lot of reps. But they haven't even practiced that 
there's no reason to even think about it this year. Think about it over the offseason. All right, wrapping up here, Nola fan 33. A lot of talk about uh, Auburn made last week about they may be the best defense that we face this year. So are you more impressed that the offense put up 563 and 40 yards and 48 points, or defensively you held Auburn to 293 and 18? Offense. Offense. I'm much more impressed with the offense posting the numbers that it did against, like I said, the best defense they've played though so far this year, them and Florida State. Like this was they made like, it look so easy. I wrote about it in the post in the in my uh, reactions. It's like this was this was a hurdle for the offense. Let's not minimize how good Auburn's defense was just because LSU tore it up. Like this was an Auburn defense that was top 25 in the country in a ton of advanced stats, regular stats. Yep. And, and go ahead. Remember in the first half too, even if people are sitting here listening and saying, well, they, it was close at half. Yeah. Cause they went down there twice and kicked field goals and they threw a pick, which Brian Kelly said wasn't even Jaden's fault. He said it was supposed to be a different route. And yeah. What do you know? As he said, Jaden's human. Oh, look at that. He threw a pick. He's a bit on fire other than that, jokingly. Um, and obviously saying one of the best players in the country. But, yes, it's offense. And, yeah, it was close to half by 13 because they were kicking field goals. Well, they got four possessions in the second half. They scored touchdowns on every single one of them. Like, they made it look so easy. Yeah. I mean, how? What, almost all but, what, one or two drives ended inside the red zone yeah. at the very least? Ooh, that first drive of the game scripted from Denbrock and them was a thing yeah. of beauty. Yeah, it's it's that the offense is playing just at a, such a ridiculous level. But shout out to the D, yeah. um, still. Uh, last yeah. one, Zud the Hud. Which better, mozzarella sticks or barbecue shrimp? Maddie B, people are gonna yell if you pick anything but barbecue shrimp. Living here in South Louisiana, so I, I I'd be I've, man, yeah, I, I like barbecue shrimp a lot now. Okay. I mean, like I said, coming from South Texas, it's a lot more Mexican food than seafood, so. Um, when I moved here, the first year for me was just embracing all of the, the different seafood. I, I love barbecue shrimp, so um, I like them both. But I do, yeah. too. I like them both, but I'm going barbecue shrimp. Good pick. Good pick. All right. We're done. We're done. Under an hour. Under an hour. I always promise under an hour. I've never delivered. Under an hour. <laughs> under an hour, and we gave you all um, – the answer to 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck. So you can't say we have shortchanged you. We've given you everything we had. Um, and, yeah, thank you all for joining us. Uh, leave us a five-star rating review on the audio side. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. I think we're like 20 away from – we're at 4,981. So 19 away. Come on, guys. 19 just go away. subscribe to youtube it doesn't cost anything just go make subscribe. another account anyway. just go subscribe so send it to your parents send it to anybody you know 19 subscribers to get us to 5k um but in all seriousness thank you all for supporting us thank you all for liking the videos thank you all for watching the videos and uh thank you all for subscribing to the bengal tiger and sending in your questions every monday morning so yeah we'll continue to do this we'll be back uh shay and billy got a ton and I do mean a ton of stuff to talk about on the recruiting podcast. So tune into that uh, this week and we will talk to you all later.